This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Galatians chapter 3. And as always, I'll be reading from the World English Bible. Fullest Galatians, who has bewitched you not to obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly portrayed among you as crucified? I just want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now completed in the flesh? So Paul began the first two chapters telling a little bit of his history and how he had opposed the, the church and uh, and then his issue with Peter whenever Peter, uh, for the sake of appearances, uh, had joined himself back with the Jews and wouldn't eat with the Gentiles and Paul had said this was a big enough matter. He was the apostle to the Gentiles, and he needed to address this issue. And he had started the book of Galatians by warning against anyone changing the gospel or having a different gospel than what he would deliver. And so now he he takes this. It's all been building to this point, and now he openly rebukes the Galatians because they were being troubled by some people who had come to the church, and they were being seduced back under the law. And so he said Christ was crucified to fulfill the old covenant and bring in the new. He said we've portrayed Christ openly before you as crucified. So if he did this to bring in a new covenant, why would you go backwards? Then he asked them, what about the Spirit? So first he uses the crucifixion, and now he's going to use the idea of receiving the Spirit. How did you receive the Spirit? Were you keeping the law when you received the Spirit, or did you believe? And of course, we know um, through the book of Acts accounts that people would receive the Spirit, and and we see the same today. Very often, uh, when they first truly believed, it, it was normal for people, even if it was their first exposure to the Christian message, to receive the Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to them. And so he asked them, did you really have to follow all the letter of the law? Did you have to go through and get everything perfect in your life before the Lord would consider you a candidate for His Spirit? Or did you simply believe the message? And so he tells them this started as a spiritual endeavor. The Spirit was poured out. Uh, Of course, this followed the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so he said, why would you want to go back to the covenant, the, the covenant that they had before Christ had come, before Christ had died, before the Spirit had was even available. Can you really finish what the Spirit started in you by going back to the laws that were intended to just temporarily temper the desires of the flesh? When the Spirit comes, you're made a new man. Why would you want to go backwards? Verse 4, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed in vain? He therefore who supplies the Spirit to you and does miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? So he says, you've suffered, you've endured persecution, you've withstood opposition. Why could you face the trouble, but now you're going to abandon the true faith simply to please men? 
What about the blessings you've received? What about the miracles you've received? Um, that wasn't based in, on obedience to the law of Moses. Verse 6, even so, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Know therefore that those who are of faith are children of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the good news beforehand to Abraham, saying, And you all the nations will be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. So Abraham, he, he quotes here from whenever Abraham was said to be righteous, he was counted righteous because of his faith. And this happened before God even gave him the sign of circumcision. And so this was precisely because the blessing of God was intended not just for Abraham, but for the children of Abraham, and that would include all the children of faith, the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And so the covenant of circumcision was a, a national sign for the Jews, and so were many other elements of their law. But this blessing came before any of that law was given. From Abraham, all the all the world would be blessed. The Jews, which had grown up under the law of Moses, and the Gentiles that were never intended to be under the law of Moses both received the blessing of Abraham because of their faith. Verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who doesn't continue in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, that no man is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous will live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man who does them will live by them. So, just as faith allows us to receive the blessing of God, trusting in the law will, and trusting in your own ability to keep the law, uh, will subject one to the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone that doesn't obey the law. The laws that they function by essentially promising punishment to lawbreakers. And so we know that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short. And beyond that, the letter of the law have things has includes things that are not even moral sins. Um, and so certainly we would all violate the letters of the law to some degree. And so all the law can do is bring punishment if you violate the law. The promise comes from faith in God. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So as I mentioned, all have sinned, and so all were under the curse of the law. But Christ took the penalty. He became the curse for us. And this was to save us from our sins, absolutely, but also so we could experience the Lord in, in this new covenant relationship that we could receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's the promised blessing. Verse 15, Brothers, speaking of... Of human terms, though it is only a man's covenant, 
Yet when it has been confirmed, no one makes it void or adds to it. Now the promises are spoken to Abraham and to his offspring. He doesn't say to descendants as of many, but as of one to your offspring, which is Christ. Now I say this, a covenant confirmed beforehand by God in Christ, the law which came 430 years after does not annul, so as to make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no more of promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by promise. So he said, once you make a covenant, a promise, a pledge, you can't come back and void it by making a separate or second pledge that's contrary to it. And so God's covenant, his promises, his blessings were were already promised to Abraham before the law came. And the promise was very specific through his seed, not seeds, but through his seed. So this doesn't necessarily mean all of the, the Jews by nationality, but his seed, a particular offspring, his descendant, all the world would be blessed. The law which came later couldn't cancel the promise that God had made. The blessing was through the offspring, which is Christ Jesus. Verse 19, Then why is there the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise has been made. It was ordained through angels by the hands of a mediator. Now a mediator is not between one, but God is one. So the law wasn't bad. It was a stopgap until the promised one, Christ, came. And so the law acted, the law identified sin and provided a system by which a sinner could be made right with God. And so you had the the people with their many sins and the Lord... uh, gave the law. It came through the hands of angels. It went through Moses. And and so this mediator, this work of a mediator was done uh, to try to bring people back to God as close as possible under the law. Um, Verse 21 says, is the law against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could make alive, most certainly righteousness would have been of the law. But the scripture imprisoned all things under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So Christ, the Bible tells us, was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, meaning in the plan of God, in the mind of God, the only answer for sin was the death of Christ. He's the Word from the beginning, and the Word was going to be made flesh. And so, He's the only answer, and He has always been the only answer. And that should give you comfort if you're struggling with a particular sin or problem that the Lord had the answer for it in mind before you were ever even tempted. Uh, Christ has always been the answer, and He alone can change a man's heart and soul to make him righteous. The law could not do it. The law is 
powerless. You can to, to actually change the creature, to change the person. You can change some behavior. There's a great blessing with following the law. But only Christ is going to be able to truly give you a clean conscience towards God and, and a new spirit and make you a new man. Verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, confined for the faith which should afterwards be revealed, so that the law has become our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So the law was like a tutor. It it kept Israel in line. It, it watched over and uh, it watched over the nation of Israel because of transgression. It was given to to keep the people from wandering too far away, to bring them as close as possible to God, to teach them about the coming of Christ and the the wage of sin and the death and the Lamb that would have to. All of these things foreshadowed and pointed to Christ. Um, through the law, they first learned of his promise even. It was through the law that they were made conscious of sin and of salvation and of sanctification. And so all of this was to prepare them for the coming of Christ. The law of Moses was very important. Without the old covenant, we never would have arrived at the new covenant. Verse 26, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, but you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. So just as Christ was the Son of God, we're considered the children of God through faith in Jesus. And listen to how he describes what it means to believe in Jesus. The very next verse, he says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. What are baptism is an act of faith. It's an act of confession. It's an act of cleansing as we're, we put on Christ. We're clothed with his righteousness. It's a mean for us to identify our life with his. We're buried with him in baptism and we'll be raised in new life in him. And it doesn't matter here um, for you to be considered Abraham's offspring and his heir, it it doesn't matter your nationality. This isn't just for Jews. Um, It doesn't matter your status in life, whether you're a slave or a free man. Well, I can't qualify as an heir. I'm just a slave in the household. All of these things under the law, you would have had your national Jews. You had people that were free and and people that were servants. And you had all these different things. And, And the the blessing of the household was supposed to go to the true children and so and it would go to the sons but for here he says it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female what matters is Jesus Christ we've put on Christ and so because of Christ this blessing that was promised to Abraham, the blessing that was supposed to come on all the world, um, it belongs to us. We're Abraham's heir, and we'll receive this blessing through Jesus Christ. And so this this entire passage is about 
truly uh, believing completely and wholly in Christ for your salvation. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, that you saved us whenever we were still in our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you are able to save to the uttermost. I'm so grateful that you've forgiven me time and time again, that you look past our our falls and failures. Uh, certainly, this isn't anything of our works that we can boast of, but but you saw something in us that you wanted to redeem. You chose to bless us, though we're unworthy. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the promise of your Spirit. Uh, I'm so grateful, Lord, that you filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that I could put on Christ's righteousness in baptism, Lord. I pray that everyone listening to this podcast will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let it be for your glory in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join us again tomorrow for another episode.